Welcome to D Hall and Dragons, a real play D and D podcast about a group of high school students who get sucked into a world of fantasy and magic and have to set out on a quest to find their way home, but not before they find themselves along the way. My name's Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master, and I'm joined by my friends, my players, and my road trippers. Hey guys, how are we doing? Oh, that's hey. Right. hey, yeah, yeah, we vibing. We are vibing. vibing. We love the vibes. Uh, tired vibes, apparently. Yeah, very tired. <laughs> just a few seconds of just complete silence. <laughs> I'm take a, a collective breath. Hi, my name is Brandon Lindsay, and I play Cecil McNamara. Hi, Hi Brandon. Hello. Uh, real life, IRL, I've had like a month straight without a day off, and that can do a lot to a person. So my question to you is, what does your character do? On their one day off. No homework. No homework. No, no nothing. No work to go to. No obligations. No, to go no to. obligations. Zero obligations. What do they do with their one day off? Um, I think Cecil would probably get up at a decent time. He's probably not going to sleep in too much. He'd probably still do like his morning chores because I think for him that's kind of relaxing. Uh, and then honestly, he'd probably spend the entire day working with his hands. Um, he... <laughs> No. <laughs> Kinky. He's a child. He's a minor. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, he would he would whittle away on something, uh probably work on some kind of project. He he's he's got a lot of projects around the farm, so he'd oh, probably spend his time uh fixing a project. <laughs> a good Jacob Black moment. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Hello, where the hell you been, Loka? Hey Loka. Yeah. Yeah, Cecil definitely strikes me as the type of kid who has like a million different projects that he started and like just kind of jumps from one, from each one to each one every Yeah, they're at, never going to get given finished, time. But like yeah. it, they're always going to get There's always something to do. But that's what he that's what he spends his one day off doing is making a little bit of progress on those side projects. Uh well, hello. My name is Andy Lindsay and I'm the voice of Victoria Hightower. V has definitely driven her mom's car and probably gotten into a fender bender or two, so now she's not allowed to drive it. Um, <laughs> but she's learned to make uh, public transit, tra- made public transit, like transit, uh, y'all. It's a day. Um, she's learned how to use it best to her advantage. How to use what? And all public transit. There it is. Nailed it. Transit. She definitely has this like really weird cockamamie, and I'll con- I'll make a connection here, and then I'll take a bus, and then I'll get like an Uber just from here to here. But she goes like a good solid couple of cities away from LA, and she has probably two or three different bookshops. Like mainstream, definitely has a Barnes and Noble, but then also has like a, like a half price, and then like a little like indie bookstore that she has a rotation that she goes to, and probably has a favorite little like cafe spot and then she goes and she either sits and reads or she buys a new book or she does a little bit of research um gets herself a nice coffee and then yeah spends a whole day doing that probably doesn't get home till it's dark damn that sounds like a good day sounds yeah. like a great day v's definitely in the lead right now yeah. cecil <laughs> you gotta pick up the slack <laughs> cecil's like i use my day off to do more work <laughs> <laughs> Such a such a gifted and talented kid. Mm-hmm. It's big GT yeah. energy right there. GT yep. burnout kid. G- I, I speak from experience. <laughs> uh-huh. Relatable, relatable. <laughs> um, 
My name's Danielle Grisco. I play Brian Tolkien. Brian definitely like still like makes time to um like study on his days off. Uh he's and like he's definitely helping with chores around the house and stuff like that. But when he is like truly intentionally just like taking some time to disassociate and like check out from the weight of the world um he's actually really into soap carving and whittling like with a um like a pocket knife it's like you take a bar of soap it's just really satisfying to like take a pocket knife and like shave off the edge of like the soap bar and it's just like something he does absentmindedly while like staring into space huh he's an old prospector yeah, in like, another life. There's gold in them narrow hills. <laughs> Shave it. Sitting on the porch in a rocking chair. 100%. I came down from 49 with nothing but my pickaxe and my soap bar. Singing yeah. the song that the goat sings and hoodwinked. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did oh, gosh. 37 did years did ago, I. which done put a smell on me. <laughs> God, absolutely legendary movie. And my name is Riley Wesson. I'm this campaign's dungeon master. Um, And uh, I think, honestly, on my days off, like my full days off, I will usually get out of town. Kind of like kind of like what V does, but like not the exact same thing. It's usually like there's something that'll be happening. I mean, like like I was telling you all earlier, uh, like yesterday was like my first like completely full day off. No shows, no rehearsal in a while. And like no obligations, no meetings. And so I drove out like four hours out to Virginia to go see my friend uh, in a show. And like same thing happened uh, like a few months back. There was like some people that I'd done a show with last year were doing like a concert in a town like two and a half hours away. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll go and make out a drive and I'll like go and get food by myself and just like kind of sit around and read and go see the show and that sort of thing. So I think usually I end up using my, my days off to go support other people. (laughs) So I guess that's, I guess that's what I do or just get out of town. Cause I think, yeah, like Labor Day, we're going to go to Atlanta and we're going to, we're going to go to the aquarium. We're going to go to the Georgia aquarium. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm the asshole that's like support other people on my day off. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it if people pleasing is like buried deep in my DNA, Danielle. Okay, <laughs> you gotta understand. Let's unpack that. Yeah, let's, let's not. Let's do. Put a dollar in the therapy jar, Riley. Nope. Yeah, thank nope. You. Let's not. Let's not. <laughs> I'm already broke. Therapy. Sorry. Facts. <laughs> Last session on D. Holland Dragons, the students faced off against acolytes of the Counselor in an attempt to retrieve the stolen laptop. Throughout the fight, they realized the acolytes were in fact fellow teenagers of Summerfield High School, implying some disturbing theories regarding the state of their student body. Go on. You want to? Hello, yeah? fellow teenagers. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, they're all just Steve Buscemi. <laughs> in the midst of the fight, some of their friends from Bummerfield were caught up in the crossfire, one of them being Fabric, who was unfortunately killed by an enemy spell. It was ultimately a bittersweet end for the dwarven tailor, as he was able to be reunited with his ghostly wife, Needle, in death. Despite this result, the students realized that the stakes and the danger will only increase as their adventure continues. And from there, they started their journey to Flutterfield to seek out the hoarder and this mysterious magical auction they've heard of. On the way, they made various preparations, including attempting to scry on and send a message to Brian's sister, Jenny, with mixed results. 
They eventually arrived at Flutterfield, though were unable to see much of it due to the heavy fog laden over the coastal cliff-bound settlement. What they did see, though, was a vehicle traveling directly at them. With some quick thinking from Cecil, they narrowly avoided collision and forced the vehicle to take an early flight and quickly crash into the nearby sea, though from what they could tell, the beautiful tiefling pilot was unharmed. As they marveled at this event, a small two-foot-tall pigeon landed on the hood of their van, welcoming them to Flutterfield. And that's where we are now. So you guys are standing by your car, again, kind of like looking out over the coast and into the water where this vehicle has kind of made an unceremonious landing. uh, And you see this tiefling kind of tinkering with something in her hand and like looking up at it and appears to be talking to it. Um, but this two foot tall pigeon wearing kind of like a, kind of like a mini robe, uh, with like a little hood and he's, he's got like a tiny little tool belt on, um, has, has landed on the hood of your van and has, uh, welcomed you to Flutterfield. And you guys are, uh, currently surrounded by fog. You really can't see any further than like 10 to 20 feet in front of you at this point. Oh boy. That's really thick fog. Um, that's rough. I'm sorry. What was the name of the bird? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I uh, didn't even uh, introduce myself. He holds out like a little a little feathered hand. It's so small. But uh, <laughs> you also see as you get like a bit of a closer look at him, um, you see this like this is probably the most beautiful pigeon you've ever seen. Like you can't really put a finger on it, but just like the sheen of its feathers and like the like its plumage. It's it's like a it's kind of like a like a burnt orange. Um, but it's a very unique looking pigeon, also two feet tall, uh, but it is incredibly attractive. And uh, he goes, ah, yes, sorry, I didn't even introduce myself. Uh, Indigo Flynn's the name. Indigo Flynn. Uh, and uh, who who exactly are you? Uh, we're travelers. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, is this fog? Is it always like this? No, uh, unfortunately, uh, I I haven't really been here much myself. I'm a I'm a bit of an adventurer as well, uh, but uh, came here to Flutterfield maybe about a week ago, oh. and uh, it wasn't wasn't really this bad. Uh, but this fog kind of creeped in uh, about three or four days ago, and uh, it's kind of just been laden over the town ever since. It's been uh, pretty unfortunate. Do we think this is because of the hoarder? Give me an insight check. Hey, first roll of the day, nat 20. Hey, okay. 24. Wow. All right. You're kind of, um, extend a little bit of your like magical senses out towards it. This fog doesn't appear to be any kind of magical effect. Uh, it appears to be caused by something natural, uh, whether that be a weather effect or the ability of something that brings fog with it. I was going to say, Cecil would love to try and, using his druidic prowess, uh, trying mm-hmm. to tune to both the, the arcane and the nature coinciding in this. Does this seem like a natural weather event or does this seem like it is like a created effect? Uh, yeah, give me a, let's say a nature check. Okay. Nice. Ooh, that's pretty nice. Uh, that's an 18. Okay. With an 18, you get the sense that it's not like a naturally occurring weather phenomena. Um, I mean, you've you've probably done some studies and heard of um of meteorological happenings of like dense dense fog. Uh, but you've never really heard of any fog that would lay around at one location this dense for this long. Gotcha. As you guys are kind of like whispering to yourselves, Indigo actually pipes up. Actually, from from what we could tell, uh, we think that the the fog 
kind of started coming in from the coastline, but specifically way far up. Uh, it's it's a bit of a interesting layout of the town. Um, the if you can't if you can't, haven't been able to guess, uh, you know, Flutterfield's very interested in you know flight, but the entire town is actually separated by this landing strip that we're on right now. All the buildings and stuff uh, are kind of separated by this landing strip, and everything's kind of built around it so that people can take out whatever vehicles they're trying to fly and off the edge of the cliff and hopefully into the sky. Um, but uh, the the workshop where most of the most people are making these these flying vehicles, um, the fog kind of started to roll in from there and has since sort of extended over the rest of the town. So, uh, quick question. Um, I, I couldn't yes. help but catch that word um, and, and hopefully take off at the end of the cliff. Um, what what happens uh, to those that don't effectively achieve that flight? He gestures to the vehicle that's in the water right now with the tiefling on, on top of it. You know, not the worst outcome for sure. But but they they live, right? Uh, from what I could tell, usually I'm okay. still new to town myself. Great. And sir, excuse me for being blunt. You're uh, are you a pigeon or are you? Uh, I'm I'm just I've I've never met. Oh someone no no like ha you. he you you see that he's like flustered like like that might be a bit of an uncouth thing to ask. <laughs> um, kind of gets like a little bit of a twitch in his head and he quickly pulls out like this tiny little flask and like takes a sip of it and tucks it back in. Don't drink and fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes, uh, well, actually I'm in a, I'm an, I'm an Aarakocra, you know, a bit small for my species, but I'm a, a different variety. Well, happy to meet you. Does she need help? Is she still out in the middle of the ocean? I'm going to turn out to the <laughs> sea and I'm going to yo, yo, you good? <laughs> she like cocks her head and you hear, what? Um, I'm gonna hold my hand out. I'm gonna just kind of like start cupping the air until a small <laughs> droplet forms, and I'm gonna just kind of like hold that droplet in, in the palm of my hand. I'm gonna smear it together, uh, and I'm gonna cast Control Water. Oh! And I am going to slowly but surely try and like pull the tide closer, uh, to pull the craft and the tiefling closer to shore so you're just creating a, a tidal wave of sorts um a little bit i'm trying i'm trying I'm trying. it's very much like that episode of avatar the last airbender where ang and, <laughs> oh, and, and katara yeah. like pull the water so they That's end up exactly pulling out it. like the ship out into shore that is exactly it yeah just push and pull the water <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. You do this for about like five minutes or so, and you see, like she, like out there, you see her figure kind of like confused at first, but then she kind of gets a sense of what you're doing, uh, and she just kind of sits down and um, is talking to whatever is in her hand. Um, but after about five minutes or so, you slowly, slowly but surely pull this uh, into shore, and as you do, you you cast this spell that is typically a pretty a pretty higher level spell but you get this sense as you're casting this that with kind of your experiences here in forgotten fields and your uh experiences with magic over these past few weeks you've come to kind of accept this part of yourself and come to control it a bit more um and it feels a bit more a part of you and uh you will no longer experience adolescent magic surges um, and that goes for all of you. 
but yeah, so you slowly pull this uh, vehicle and she stands on it like uh, uh, it's very it's very much like uh, Jack Sparrow riding riding his like sinking ship right onto shore. Uh, and like she just immediately walks off of this broken thing onto onto the dock uh, and just kind of is brushing herself off and um, puts her hand in her pocket. And she goes, wow, that was uh, that was that was pretty cool. Um, thanks, I guess. You're welcome. Sorry for uh sorry you landed in the ocean uh no yeah you know i mean uh, i that one just obviously didn't work either but um you know practice makes perfect or is that what they say but i'm sure i can get another one made soon it's fine so what kind of craft were they were they operating it that just it had looks... like wing like i'm i'm picturing like like you know those red bull glide challenges <laughs> i'm picturing one of those or like yeah. like the the box car derbies where people yeah. get in this yeah. yeah uh give me give me an insight check wow rolling pretty well uh 26 shocker brandon's yeah. rolling well oh my gosh <laughs> you take a look at this and you get the sense that this is this is a vehicle made by someone who has no understanding of aeronautics <laughs> Um, it looks like it's made from like high end materials, uh, but just the piecing together looks anyone that understands physics is like, how on earth was this ever going to work? There's no way that was going to fly. I don't think we tell them that. Oh, we've already offended this, uh, pigeon. I feel like, you know, we we can help. We can support the next round without, you know, calling their baby ugly. (laughs) <laughs> Let, let's suspend our disbelief for a moment and assume that like like i'm using all the real terminology but uh-huh. cecil's you know he did pretty well in his physics class so cecil's uh-huh. gonna start rattling off kind of the issues like the oh you know the angle of the fins or whatever he's just gonna start spouting out as much jargon and scientific uh vernacular that he can to try and like pinpoint the issues that were going wrong with the construction and just being like, well, you know, if you did this right here, could he, could, could he try and okay, just yeah, stop yeah. that off? Uh, <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, want to make it a check for it, but yeah, give me, let's say an investigation check. That's a 15. Yeah. You kind of break down sort of the basics of things that weren't going to work about it. And uh, you see her kind of nodding her head and she goes, oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Uh, did you guys get that? Uh, and she reaches back into her pocket and she pulls out this kind of uh, like rectangular looking crystal. All you can really see as she's looking at it is there's like text scrolling up the screen as she's talking to it. And then you see at the top is like a little square that almost looks like a selfie camera that is like projecting her image and whatever she's pointing it at. So it's a little bit like a FaceTime. Yeah, that's kind of what you get the sense of. Okay. Um, I don't think we caught your name. Uh... Oh, uh, I'm I'm Mara. Mara Rayburn. Nice to meet you. Don't mean to totally sidetrack this uh, conversation, but, you know, we're new to the area and I'm absolutely fascinated by that by that stone that you you have there can you tell us more about that oh this this is um this is how i talk to my patrons your pay what your Your patrons my patrons i'm sorry and they are they're the ones that give me my power i'm a warlock do you have them on like a tier level like a subscription level like one gives you more power than the other yeah yeah absolutely so like what kind of content do you put out um you know it's just kind of like 
following my daily life and just kind of what I like to do. Vlogging. Okay. A lot of vlogging. I do a lot of unboxing videos. Ooh, what do you unbox? Uh, usually like cool magical artifacts. Uh, that's Ooh. the kind of stuff that my, my patrons really like to watch. How many patrons do you have? Uh, right now I've got about 40,600. Um, but that number is kind of growing every day. You know, I'm kind of a hot topic right now. Well, I have a feeling you'll be a hot topic forever. <laughs> Aren't you a little charmer? Via <laughs> just like dropped into the like valley girl for a second. Uh-huh. She went from like absolute like starry heart eyes when she yeah. saw her out there. <laughs> and then the second she heard her talk, she wanted to vomit. And that's exactly what I knew was going to happen. Damn it, Riley. <laughs> But yeah, uh, right now I'm live streaming my attempts to uh, to fly. I don't know if you heard about it, but there's this uh, this cool magical auction that's going to be happening soon, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to get up there because uh, I'm sure there's going to be some real cool stuff to unbox up there if I can get my hands on it. I would love to institute, you know, and, and work as a potential potential collab here, you know, between the the work that you're putting out and and our insight. Um, really really what's your what's your following like well you know it's i'm actually a representative of um of of someone else's brand um Mm. and who is that who's that who's that brand i uh, I know quite a lot of the big brands in the space nike (laughs) (laughs) we haven't been the face we're in r&d we're in development so we develop Uh, ideas but we don't have the faces yeah you guys definitely don't have the faces no so we do the development of everything, and then we pitch those ideas to people like yourself, mm. who are the face, who can sell better than we can. But, you know, like my associate was saying, we could, we could collab. Uh, give, me, give me a persuasion check. Uh, who? Me? You. Sure. Okay. Fair. That's a 14. 14. Okay. Um... She kind of looks at you guys, looks you up and down. She goes, well, um, you make some interesting points. Uh, I might have to think about some of this for a little bit. I mean, unfortunately, we can't even really fly right now, obviously, with you know all this fog. I thought I might give it a shot, but uh, it seems like it didn't work, obviously. Can't really see anything around here. You know, I almost crashed into you guys, so... Um, but I'm, I'm actually about to head back to, to my place right now. Uh, there are a few other people crashing there at the moment. Um, but if you guys want to come back and, uh, kind of collect yourselves and figure out, you know, exactly what you want to do next, uh, you're, you're welcome to tag along. I think that's a great idea. And, uh, that'll, you know, along the way we can kind of discuss more about, uh, how we can benefit from each other and, um, what our skill sets are. My control water still like lasts for 10 minutes even if we're at the tail end i'd like Mm -hmm. to try and displace the moisture in the air in a hundred foot cube around us yeah i'll say that that's possible you focus for a second and yeah you like condense all the fog around you into like a few droplets of water and just kind of drop it the fog around you guys and probably about a hundred foot radius has kind of cleared you see it's already kind of starting to creep back in not like immediate but yeah you definitely make this impressive show with your with your magical abilities yeah and i'm gonna wow. just shake my hands out and i'm gonna be like yeah that that's just kind of one go if i have a more concerted effort i can you know really put two and two together and i can make something happen not to mention that's just my arcane talents. I've got the technical talents to go to go with things as well. So 
Well, you guys make some interesting points. Uh, for now, let's just uh, head back to my place and you can rest if you want. You can meet some of the other people that are crashing there. Just a second. Uh, she reaches into her bag and uh, she pulls out what appears to be like a little silver doorknob, holds it and turns it. And uh, you see this door materialize. She pulls it open and you guys see inside this doorway is like this ornate mansion. Come on in. Uh, you can come in too if you want Indigo. <laughs> you turn around and you see this entire time Indigo has been kind of like pecking at seeds on the ground. But then when he sees that you guys are looking at him, he like straightens up and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hop in. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Oh my god. Um, I'm going to take a look at the doorknob. That's is that, where is that? Did you get that from one of your unboxing videos? No, this is like a little bit of a. I've I've had this for a while. It was a it was a gift from my parents. Um, it's kind of like a portable magnificent mansion spell. Oh, that's awesome. Her parents gave her a house. Sorry, did you say something? Mm, no. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm gonna walk right in. You see that this is a large ornate entryway that then opens up into kind of like a lounge area that has various rooms splitting off and there's some stairs going up. Um, but as you enter this lounge, you see that there's, uh, it's all kind of decorated in like deep reds and blues. And the lounge has, uh, a couple of couches that are situated around. And as you enter, you see, uh, there are currently three other figures that are sitting in this lounge at the moment. You first see this short goblin, probably about three and a half feet tall. Uh, he's got like this mop of brown hair. Uh, that just looks like it could never, ever be tamed or straightened in any way. Um, and you see he's got like a couple of bandages that are on his face just from like little scrapes and bruises. Uh, and he has like a, a very slight underbite where you can just see like two little fangs uh, sticking up from from underneath his uh, his lips. And he wears uh, what appears to be kind of like a like a this brown sort of tattered hoodie cloak hybrid. And uh, he appears to be fiddling with almost it looks like a little rusted like mini cannon. And he's just kind of like tinkering with it uh, on the table. Seated next to him, you see uh, a young girl. Not not young. She looks probably about 16 or 17. But she has kind of like these softly pointed ears and long, uh, again, kind of messy black hair that's sort of tied up in like a top bun like a high ponytail that doesn't go super, super long. Uh, and she's got like piles of books surrounding her that she is currently looking through in these big, big like Coke bottle glasses. Uh, and she wears like a dark green sort of long sleeve shirt uh, with sort of these like leather bracers. And she has like pouches full of various materials and things uh, on, on her side. Finally, in the middle, you see uh, this tall, tall, um, actually Furbolg, uh, you guys recognize this look from uh, Falsum back in Bummerfield, though this one has um, kind of like a palish blue skin uh, and a, a bit of a beard along his chin. Uh, and he wears these robes uh, full of purples and blues and a, a long blue scarf. Uh, and then he has long black hair that is kind of tied up in sort of a top knot. And he's also kind of perusing through a book and kind of scribbling some notes. Wow. Uh Mara, you've got quite the entourage. Oh, no, no. These these people aren't really my entourage. Uh, they just kind of needed a place to stay. They were working in the workshop, but, uh, you know, when the fog came in, they kind of had to clear out. Um, so I've just been letting them crash here, though. Gotcha. Dude, so are there that many rooms you. here? <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'm a pretty nice person. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few rooms. Um, oh. 
they're all over the place. Uh, I mean, you know, I've got the halls going out and, uh, you know, there's a, a few different rooms to crash in. There's even like kind of like a mini workshop, not really big enough to like build, you know, the kind of uh, the ships that we're sort of going for to get into the sky. But, um, you know, they're big enough to kind of tinker and do a few experiments here and there. Gotcha. So uh, the rest of y'all, y'all are all inventors as well. You're all you uh, hear the goblin speak up and he kind of perks up as you guys enter. Like, oh, hi. Uh, yeah. Um, the, uh, I like to. No, that was nope. That's. Shit, there's so many fucking character voices I can sort through. <laughs> oh god, oh god, I'm if really only, fucking myself with this. You've only done this to yourself. I've done this to myself. <laughs> I'm a kind of a, an artificer. I kind of tinker. I I was working in the workshop myself, um, and then uh, you know the fog rolled in, so I had to clear out. But uh, you know we're not we're not all exclusively inventors. Uh, a lot of us are are kind of new to town. Um, I've I've been in Flutterfield a while. A lot of tinkerers, you know, had a really big workshop. And um, I kind of rolled into town one day and my wagon broke down. But it, So it just kind of worked out that I decided to stick around here. Um, so yeah, my, my name's Scraps. Scraps Napa. The Furbolg perks up. He's been kind of buried in his book most of the time that, since you guys entered. But as Scraps started talking, he like slowly looked up and recognized that you were there. <laughs> and he uh, was, oh yeah, uh, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, my name's my name's Ross Moyne. Ross Moyne Ardsley. I'm not quite as adept at tinkering and inventing as scraps here is but uh i'm i'm here uh, on behalf of my um benefactor benefactor yeah that's a good way to put it benefactor it's a it's a group that i work with they've been kind of interested in the uh auction as well we're a big proponent of magical items and magic in general uh you know we're a group of wizards but um we're not from quite around here but we have we have our our uh our base of operations set up further down the coast um so yeah i i work with the wizards of the coast um oh and my stupid. god <laughs> and so uh, dumb <laughs> They sent me on this uh, on this mission to check out the hoarders auction and see what exact wares they're hawking. How long has Mara been here? Uh, I've been here for probably about a week and a half now. Oh, so you're not from Flutterfield? Oh no, I'm not from Flutterfield. No. Where are you from? Um, I'm actually from Runnerfield. Runnerfield. Mm-hmm. Does Runnerfield have a lot of horses? Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot of horses in Runnerfield. Does. It does. Yeah, she's an influencer and a horse girl. <laughs> V's worst nightmare. <laughs> We're her best friend. <laughs> no! There can only be one! Then I'm gonna turn to the um Half Elf? The the wayfish young girl. <laughs> and she's just like in her books, right? Yeah, she's kind of scribbling in various notes, and she looks up. She's, oh yes, hi. Um, I'm. Uh, my name's Ellen. Ellen Jackanet. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm actually from. Uh, I'm from Boomerfield. Uh, I'm a. I'm a researcher. And um, when we heard about this uh, this auction that's going to be happening, you know, Boomerfield's a big proponent of of magic and uh, various arcane studies. So they they wanted to send out a, a field agent to uh, to see what exactly they had and uh, what possible things that we might be able to recover from from this auction very cool that's awesome uh does anyone here have like any evil intentions with the with the hoarder or like the room goes like awkwardly silent uh like you didn't even realize there was like a little magically tuned uh violin playing music in the background and like the second you asked that question it just got like really awkwardly silent and everyone just kind of looks around 
Insight Can check. I make an insight check? <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> 17 for me. That's a nat 20 for hey. me. Jesus. Um, That's a 29 total. Oh my okay. God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, with a 29, you don't know what, but you get the sense that not everyone is telling the whole truth. Ah. In this room, everyone has some kind of hidden motive you're not you don't really get the sense of whether or not that's evil or yeah, if it's yeah. just something that they're not wanting it's to a vibe ha- check wanting though, to share for sure but you do get the sense that not everyone is telling the entire story no that's hey sorry funny icebreaker uh no we're <laughs> we're we're here we're here for the same reason we're we heard that the hoarder has some really cool shit and we're kind of just interested um plus that's that's kind of our our, our mojo we work in r&d um, and I'm going to look to Victoria and Brian and I'm going to try to like, not so subtly, just reinforce that that is our play that, that here, is your I MO. <laughs> Brian crosses his arm and, and nods his head assuredly. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> if any of y'all have any questions about things of an arcane nature, I'm here to help. Uh, it seems we're all trying to get to the order, so. Scraps perks up and goes, yeah, I mean, we all, it's not like we don't know how to make flying ships. You know, we all, we call them sky sails. Because you know they sail through the sky, um, but that does make so, sense. Yes, yeah, you know, I see, I see how one might call it's pretty, it. That. It's a pretty simple naming convention, uh, but you know, so we know how to make sky sails. We know how to fly, but um, not a whole lot of people have made sky sails that are durable enough to fly for a long, a long enough period of time and high enough up to where this hoarder's auction is supposed to be. Um, so that's what we've all been kind of collectively separately working on the past week or so but unfortunately obviously our we had to stop and not really able to complete our tests with the fog rolling in okay and so the workshop is how how, how far would y'all say the workshop is from us probably ross Morin speaks up and goes uh walk wise it's i mean usually it'd be maybe like 15 minute walk down but with the fog you know traversing through there might be a little bit more confusing it's not the the workshop isn't right on like the edge of the cliff. It's a bit further into the city itself. Gotcha. If the fog weren't a factor, though, you could get there like a split, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, it sounds like kind of the only thing we have to figure out is how to get this damned fog to get out of here, right? Like, I'll just I'll just do what I did out there, and I'll just shape water, and and let's take it slow <gasps> and steady, and head into the. <gasps> Right? <laughs> Why? Sorry, real quick. Do you guys uh have like a kitchen with some just some water? Oh yeah, uh, the kitchen's on the right. Great, thanks. Okay, I I think all three of us are gonna go get water at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the I, yeah. Oh, I'm not really thirsty, guys, but thanks. No, Brian, I think you actually are really thirsty right now. Come get some uh, water with us. It's just such for a, a beautiful. It's I mean, just admire the architecture. Like, oh yeah, I do like architecture. That'll be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Okay. Sure. And in case anyone else wants water, just don't come in. <laughs> so shifty, right? Everyone now. just passed an insight check on you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you guys walk down the hall and into the door that Mara indicated was the kitchen. And as you guys open it, you see there are a couple of like what look like little imps uh, wearing like chefs' outfits that are like chopping up food, seem to be preparing meals, and they turn. <sniffs> what do you want? We're just oh, we, um, uh, we're new. You guessed to the lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are. Yeah. We are. Mara, um, Mara brought us in. Oh, gotcha. Well, we're 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 making dinner right now. 
Awesome. Okay. We won't interrupt. We're just going to go to the faucet and get some water. Oh, yeah. Faucet's yeah. right over there. Thanks. Great. She has... Get the vegetables! He oh, shouts God. to another okay. one of the imps. It, like, runs into a pantry and comes out with, like, a bunch right. of carrots. Okay, okay. All right, I guess. What's okay, the play? Just, because... Just, just time out. They all got shifty the second you asked if they had ulterior motives with the hoarder. They all have personal gain. We do, too. But, like, they haven't been able to invent a, a flying machine that actually works. The amount of time it would take them to invent that and actually test it and make it work after we figured out the fog. If if this guy is going to be here in, like, a day or two, I doubt that's enough time unless they are just... We give them the right tools and they figure it out and it works. Like here's my, hoping. My one concern is my one concern is yeah I I I I don't know where I don't know where the hoarder is. No, do they know? I think they would likely have a better idea than we would, and at the very least, we could have someone else kind of do the work for us. Yeah, plus like you know buying the parts to make this happen for a workshop we can't get to. Like we don't really have the finances for that and an auction. If if we're going into a hoarder's den, I mean, we're looking for a password, right? Yeah. What what exactly are we? The computer we're trying to break into. Yes. Counselor's computer. Yeah. The whole as above, so below, whatever bullshit. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty clearly we're we're gonna find something in there that's gonna help unlock this computer. Yeah. That's what we're. That's there what for. we're looking for. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I just need to regroup. I'm just confused about the whole R and D thing, and like I tried to come up with like a like a fake. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I absolutely that's just hate hate Mara. Is it just because she's pretty? Because that's no, no. <laughs> she can be pretty dumb, and exist. Right? It's because she's dumb. But here's the thing: is like we can work towards this with efficiency. Okay. Then we need to get out of here now and go figure out the fog shit. Um, I, As you guys are doing this, an imp comes by and is like, move aside, I need to use the faucet. Um, I spritz him in the face with a hose. Hey, 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 say, back off. I'm working here. <laughs> we, so are we. I have a theory. What's your theory? If it came from the ocean, and it's not actually magical, but it's also sort of not natural because it doesn't occur very often, what if there's like some big creature out there and that's what it's surrounded by? What if it's like a big kraken and it just like is surrounded by intense fog? I also wonder what their theories of how they propose to get rid of the fog if they have any clue whatsoever it kind of looks like all of them are just a little bit like we don't know yeah and and that's a little bit unfortunate yeah. but we can go ask them they're all acting like we have no idea the fog isn't a thing cecil from from your insight check from earlier you get the sense that pretty much everyone here gives big indoor kid energy yeah very much ideas yep. people but yep. not very much action people you can part the fog a little bit right a little bit okay. it's very rough it seems like we have a way to walk through the fog and be able to move things a little bit to be able to see through it. So I, I think we just head to the workshop. We'd have to go very quickly. Yeah, let's go now. I'm going to run. I got a horse. <gasps> that's right. Well, we also have a car. Oh, yeah, that's true. We just strap Cecil to the hood of the car and he's just like <laughs> constantly casting. It's a hood ornament. Like, yeah. He's like the mast on a, on a ship. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I was going to suggest that, but y'all are making it seem like that's a haha funny thing. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That... No, I think that's that's a brilliant idea. Okay, cool. Okay. I flick the imp who bit me. I flick his ear. Ow, hey, hey. Uh, as we leave. I'm going to spit in your soup. I'm not going to eat any soup, fucker. I'm leaving. <laughs> wow, we're really not making friends in this town. So aggro today. <laughs> Wait, 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 shit, turn around, turn around. What? If we walk back out and we don't have any water cups, it's going to look like we were talking about them while we were in here. We have to go get water cups. 
Okay, fine. I'll go get water cups. You walk back in. The imp goes, well, well, well. Look who came brawling back to the kitchen. Listen, shithead. Give me a cup right now. Give me a cup with some water. How much How much are you going to give me for it? I'll give you a kiss on the cheek. The imp is taken aback and then slowly like fills up three cups of water and hands it over to you and just kind of stands there expectantly. I, I kiss him on the cheek. Ah! What? <laughs> Not really sure how to process this and just kind of walks off. V does the same. <laughs> I, I grab the water. I take a sip from the water cup. Yeah. All right, let's walk back in. Real quick, though, does the water cup taste like, like imp spit at all? No. Okay, great. Yours doesn't. Uh, I cast purify food and drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Wow, this water's delicious, Mara. I don't know where you source it from, but ma- magic water's truly the best. Yeah, it's just kind of a magic thing. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, we were talking, and I think we've got kind of a game plan if y'all want to hear. It seems like y'all have reached a bit of a stagnation. We can't bring everyone. Well, if they want to... I'm sorry, we're going to... I need. We need to go get more water. Give us one sec. <laughs> I, I pull him back into the kitchen. Okay, so well, what are they going to well, do? Who are we taking? Up! Look listen, shithead! Listen, listen! Back to the kitchen. I kiss him on the other cheek. Ah! Just, just, just give us a moment. Go take a smoke break, and yeah, clearly seriously. Need it. Go get out of here. Hey, we don't need to share with Mara. We don't need her coming along. She has resources too. I would rather gouge my eyes out. I think each of them could potentially have Cecil a part to play I here. I know she's pretty. I know you feel very smart because you are very smart, and you're very much smarter than her. Brian's cringing in the corner. That's great that you know how to fix all of her problems, but like, we don't need to tell her. But here's the thing. It would kind of be nice to have someone who's got the resources. It's not like it's not like we're hinging everything on Mara being here and helping out with stuff. We really just need scraps and kind of, I feel like just scraps. I don't know. He seems the most industrious. That might just be... Yeah, material scraps or scraps. scraps. Oh, no, no, no. Well, okay, but like, I also don't really know. Let's just go ask them what their expertises are. Well, we know one's a wizard, so we know magic. We know the other one literally said he's an artificer, so we know that he's good at tinkering. The girl with all the books, we don't know anything about because she's so quiet. She's gorgeous, though. Yeah, she's very cute. She's like a six. <laughs> I slap Cecil. Jesus Snap out of it! That was a joke. That was a joke. All right, listen. Let's go find out what their expertises are, and then offer them to get in on this. Remember, we're the R and D. We're the guys who got the ideas. What is R and D? Research, Research and development. development. Thank you. Okay, so we've got the ideas, right? We're the ideas guys. We've got the ideas and the action. I we've- tuned out during the entire conversation with Mara because I was sick to my stomach. If I tuned out every time we had a conversation that made me sick to my stomach, we would never get anything done. I am going to go back to the van. All right, B, you can do that. Hey, Mara, like, you've got some magic stuff, right? Like, you're you're a little magic-y? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. How much water are you guys drinking in there? We, we've been really dehydrated the last couple of days. Um, Ellen, Ellen, quick, quick cue for you. Yes? Yeah. Hi. If you could list, like, the one thing that you are, like, best at. Um, I have, like, a little bit of spell casting, and uh, I, I'm also pretty good at helping other people. 
Cool. You're in. Ross. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> That's too bad. You're coming. Yeah, you're in. We love you. You're hired. Ross. Uh, no, no, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to go. I need to stay here. Stay. Well, are you guys just like taking control of this entire operation? We're all still like our own people. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most valid point I've heard all day. I'm going to sit down next to Ellen. Sorry, you're right. That's that's a little uncool. What we're thinking is we're kind of hoping that we can pull resources and figure out a way to to get this knocked out real fast and if we all contribute it's going to go a lot faster, you know. Um <laughs> What do you say? You want to help us out? <laughs> Give me a persuasion check with disadvantage. Oh, damn it. Poor girl. Cecil's giving big main character in, an, in a video game yep. energy right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's like, well, you're here sitting on this couch. Come on. Let's go. Obviously. <laughs> uh, that's a 10. Uh, she just kind of shakes her head. And she, I, I mean, I've got some important research to keep doing here with my books. So, Well, that's a shame. Looks like you're not going to the Hoarder's Mansion. What? (laughs) Ross, question for you, buddy. I got stuff to do, man. (laughs) All right. Hey, Scraps. Yeah. How's it going, buddy? Not great. You're kind of just like gallivanting around and telling everybody what to do right now. Well, at the moment, it seems like no one knows what to do. So I'm trying to give y'all an option. Hey, Cecil. Yeah, what's up, Brian? Um, remember how... Victoria was like, we don't really need to bring anyone. And then we mm-hmm. we tried to bring everyone. And then and then no one wanted to come. <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of those times that um she she might have been right. And I would not say that <laughs> if she was in this room at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm kinda I'm kinda reaching the same conclusion. Yeah, Don't worry, okay. we'll keep we'll keep it between you and me though. Yeah, yeah. Let's not tell her. Uh we'll We'll tell her that um, it was our idea the whole time and that we're glad she's bought in. Yeah, I like that. It truly is a man's world. Listen, we just watched the Barbie movie. This is (laughs) entirely antithetical to the thesis of that movie. (laughs) Brian and Cecil are really embracing the patriarchy right now. They're just Ken. I'm going to turn Mara's little mansion into my Mojo Dojo Casa house. (laughs) (laughs) It's mine now. Uh, This is my kingdom. Sublime! Question for the group. Um, y'all are going to stick around here and do some research on the fog, right? That's what y'all's plan is for the... That seems to be the general consensus, yes. Okay, cool. We're going to go deal with it. We're going to go figure out what's wrong and then fix it. So we're going to go to the workshop and y'all are totally welcome to join. Indigo pops his flask and takes a sip and he goes, Yeah, I'll join. I'll hop in. Yeah. I knew you would join. You're the best. Reliable. Nothing to do sitting around doing nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Mr. Flynn's my favorite. <laughs> Everyone goes, what? Uh, scrap. So that's a, I, I, I'm putting you down for no. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't know how much help I'm going to be. I, I do have a, I do have a map of the, the town though. Cool. I'll take if it. If you think that might help. Yeah. <laughs> Cecil is given such Skyrim energy. Yes. Just like, cool. Right, it, a, I, I don't a, give a, it to a, me. A, it's a. mine. <laughs> You're gonna, yeah, yeah, Cecil's just mashing A, right? <laughs> Cecil's truly trying to speedrun Flutterfield. Speedrun, speedrun. It's like, don't care, don't care, yeah. God, when does this game get fucking good? <laughs> Scraps is like in the middle of saying he has a map of the town, and like as he's pulling it out of his pocket, just, it's already out of his hand. He goes, yeah, oh my god, how'd that happen? Yep. All right, cool. Ellen, I'm putting you down for no as well. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Any maps or any like fun little doodads? 
Well, I have my orange stone. If you come across anything that you're not quite sure about, I might be able to I might be able to do some quick research and let you know some stuff. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh let me get your number. Uh yeah, you put the stones together and uh her information is saved. Can I take a little like selfie with her orange stone to put as the profile picture in my contact <laughs> info on her orange sure. phone? Sure, okay. yeah, give me a charisma check. That's a five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you you sneeze in the middle of the photo, and it's permanently saved. Um, I also turn into a dog because uh, I oh, sneezed, yeah. I guess. So it's just it's just a picture of a sneezing dog falling out of the air. It's the animorphs, like hybrid in between man and animal. Um, so I'm so I'm now a dog. I'm a little I'm my little golden retriever self, uh, and I'm gonna go over to Ross the Furbolg, and I'm gonna sit politely, put my hand up to shake. <laughs> and just look at Ross. So, uh, sorry, buddy. I I don't I don't think so. And I'm gonna pitter patter over to Mara um, and sneeze. <laughs> Come back to Cecil Cell. Yeah, no, I'm not really a dog person. She's the worst. Did, did that yell come from outside? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I heard yes. some thunder. All right, let's get out of here, Brian. Um, thank you all for the wonderful times and i wish i could say that uh i walk out and i grab cecil by the back of his shirt <laughs> and i i walk uh i walk up to the van and up to victoria okay cool are we ready to go yep okay um hey listen so cecil and i went and got water while we were in there and we realized that, you know, collaboration takes time and, you know, it's just better if we don't bring people. Um, Plus, Mara's not a dog person, so... That, that was really the deal breaker. Yeah, that was... Oh, so you came around to my... You came around to my way of thinking. So you, like, no, accepted was, that I, don't that I had the best saying. plan. I don't remember you saying that. Hmm, um, really? Really? That's funny. She starts the engine. Get in. Um, get in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get on top of the car and just start <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> Indigo perches on like the the side mirror. Oh. Uh, do you know the the direction of the workshop? Ah, uh, yeah, it's this way. He just points further down the road. Cecil, you good? You just see a thumbs up <laughs> come in, come into view. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I'm gonna cast control water and attempt to part the Red Sea as we drive into Flutterfield. Cool. Easy enough. You did it before. You can do it again. You guys drive for probably about five minutes, again, very slowly down this track um, until you reach what is near the end of it while Cecil is constantly leaving an empty path of fog in their wake that is kind of starting to fill back with fog. It's like already full. Are we able to get any kind of view of the buildings and stuff that are on either side of the track uh, the the buildings appear to be like very tall uh kind of picture like new york style architecture wow. of like yeah, i'm picturing like an industrial a little bit yeah they go they go more for height than width because this strip splits the whole town down the middle so much of the the surface area was taken up by this this runway that a lot of the buildings more go up to conserve space uh, so they can fit everyone. So again, yeah, it's a lot of like winding alleyways, multi-storied buildings um, that are kind of built up. Cool. But yeah, you guys drive down until you reach what appears to be near the end of the track and the kind of alleyway that will lead you guys to the workshop. Um, and you see, so you probably have maybe like four minutes left of the spell. Okay. 
I'll park. Okay. The alleyways to walk over to the workshop, it's going to wind just a little bit. Um, but yeah, you park you park pretty near the alleyway, and uh, you guys hop up, and uh, I'm assuming start heading that way. I, I'd slowly just roll off the top of the car. <laughs> you guys untie Cecil. My arms are like soaking wet. <laughs> Could I also uh, reach into my khaki bag of tricks and pull out a little friend? Sure. Uh, and you guys start making your way through the alleyways. What exactly is the marching order of this? Um, I think V will be up at the front with Cecil. She'll have the map. And I've got little Gertrude, the flying snake, uh, perched on my shoulder. I'm behind them with Indigo. So Victoria, Cecil, Brian, and Indigo. Yep. Great. Cool. So you guys make your way through the alleyway. You're kind of twisting and turning. Victoria, you are in front and you turn one of the corners. Oh, no. And again, the fog is pretty dense. Cecil's clearing it, but like right before he starts another pulse, you bump into something. And Cecil and Brian, as you round the corner, you see two Victorias. And Victoria, I'm going to roll right now. Okay. And I'm going to determine which of us is the fake Victoria. Okay. And it could be you. Okay. I'm going to roll d d20. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay. But if it's odd, I'm the fake Victoria. If it's even, you're the fake Victoria. Okay. Okay. So you guys round the corner and you see that there are two Victorias standing there. From what you can tell, they look absolutely identical. There's one on the left and there's one on the right in this alleyway right now. And the one on the left goes, ow, what the fuck? What was that? Oh my God. Who, Who are, are you? you? Oh, fuck. What do you mean, who am I? I'm Victoria. No, I'm Victoria. Yeah, right. Listen, no, 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 no. No, I I, mm -hmm. I, bumped directly into you. Where were you coming from? I. What do you mean, where was I coming from? I was leading Cecil and Brian. I was leading the guys. Brian just turns and looks at Cecil. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I was going to say, I've had this dream too, but... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Cecil and Brian, you don't know... Which is which, no. because Victoria rounded a corner, and as you guys followed and rounded the corner, you saw that there were two of them yep. recovering from bumping into one another. Okay, hold on, hold on, ladies. Uh, Calm down. Yeah, uh, Cecil, shut up! Excuse you? Only I get to tell him that. I mean, I can also tell him, I can also tell him to shut up, just for the record. I mean, I mean yeah, Brian could also say, but like, I'm the real Victoria. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. Um, okay. Um, well... Are, wait, hold on, hold on. Are we... Wait. Oh, oh, wait, I have an idea. Is there, like, a like a rock or, like, a pebble or something on the edge of this road that I can grab real quick? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one up, and I'm gonna go, Victoria, give me your hand real quick. They they, they both hold out their hand. Okay, I, I pick the one on the right, which is Andy or Riley. <laughs> Andy. Andy. Okay. I pick Andy, the one on my right, and I, uh, <laughs> I just scratch the inside of uh, Victoria's palm. I just want to see if the other one reacts. <laughs> That's all. Oh. <laughs> like if they're connected. Yeah, like I just want to know if they're connected. <laughs> uh, all right. You scratch her palm. How how hard are you pressing? Like enough to leave a visible mark, but not enough to draw blood. Okay. You scratch and you see like a little mark uh, go down the, the right Victoria's hand. Is there is there any, is there a mark on the other Victoria's hand at all? No. Ow, thanks. Now do it to her. Uh, what do you mean do it to me? 
hold on, hold on. I'm gonna pull out a marker. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like marking the babies in the hospital. And I'm gonna go to the scratched uh, Victoria. Chill the fuck out. And I'm gonna draw a big one on that one. <laughs> uh, hand, please, not forehead. D- oh, okay, yeah, fine. Hand. And then one. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the other one. I'm gonna write a two. <laughs> All right, fine. This is so stupid. Are y'all feeling sick? No. Are y'all feeling okay? You feel perfect. No, I'm just fine. a little dizzy after bumping into this I person. Mean, yeah, I hit my head a little bit on this bitch, but excuse you. I can call myself that. Yeah, because you're a fake. Uh, uh, quick. Who do you like better, me or Cecil? That's easy. It's you, Brian. Yeah. All right. It's not okay. Well, we didn't have to answer that quickly. Okay. I, I just wanted to know. Well, I mean, well, well, what, what kind of, what kind of? Yeah. Like, do you mean like, like? I mean, what kind of like are you talking? I mean, I think we know what kind of like Brian is talking about. Uh, no, uh, um, well, this is a can of worms. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a question, Brian. I've got a question. I've got, I've got. I've oh, got okay, 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 okay. Who did I turn into the first time we went to the tavern in uh, Bummerfield? Yeah, it was hey, Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. You idiot. I told you how much I hated that. Okay, okay. Another question. <gasps> Which one am I? I think I should just use the spell. <laughs> yes! Hold on, hold on. What's your mother's name? It's Tiffany. Tiffany? Who's who's the most annoying person that you've met in the last two hours? Fucking Mara. Mara. I mean, okay, but this isn't a, such a bad thing. Two Victorias can... This is really a bad funny. thing. Th- I mean, this is a horrible thing. What are you talking about, Cecil? Me. They're infiltrating the group. What if this faker attacks us? Yeah, what if they attack us? That's a really great point. Shut up. <laughs> uh, do y'all just want to, like, duel to the death? See who wins? <laughs> yeah, let's just kill one of them off. Does it also have all my equipment? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck. Okay, okay. Both of y'all take your shotguns out. I take my shotgun out. They both take out their shotguns. Or is their equipment equal? That's what Riley just said there. They have the same equipment. Yeah. But, like, is one of those shotguns a real shotgun, and is one of the shotguns a fake shotgun? Because it's a magical shotgun, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go up to Victoria 1's. Victoria 1 is anti-Victoria, yeah, right? Victoria, okay. Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go up to your shotgun. I would like to take about five minutes and investigate this shotgun. I want to... So we don't have time for this. Do you have detect magic? I don't have detect magic. I, I do. Brian! What? Cast it on the shotguns. One's magical, one's not. Okay, great. I cast detect magic. Brian, you cast detect magic and you start to see auras. You see, like, Cecil's, like, bag of tricks and uh, you see, like, your spell steel shield develop this kind of aura and you see a magical aura around Victoria 2's shotgun, but not around Victoria 1's. So what do you see? Brian, don't say anything. I punch Andy Victoria in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everybody roll initiative. (laughs) Oh, shit. Riley, are you sending me the stats of the doppelganger? Oh, no, I already have it. You're not fighting as a doppelganger. You're you're back to you. I am? Okay. (laughs) Yes, because... (laughs) So now I've punched Riley Victoria in the face. Yes. Yes. Now we've swapped back. I just like the idea of Brian casting detect magic. And then the next action that happens without any conversation. is Punching somebody in the face. OG Victoria respects that. My initiative is 19. My initiative is seven. So there. Uh, Net one. Tough. If this fight goes the way I think it is, my goal is to break this mechanic as fast as possible. (laughs) Listen, mechanics are there to be broken. 
I'm ready to break it. I can't wait. So, Brian, as you punch this other Victoria, her face, like, dissipates with this physical contact, and her body starts to shift and shimmer, and she (laughs) turns into this fog elemental. Oh! I was going to turn into Brian. (laughs) I did, too, for a second. Uh, Victoria, you are up first. Uh. (laughs) Remember, you guys are currently in an alleyway. Uh, You are at this corner. The alleyway's maybe like 10 feet wide. That's narrow. But it goes further on down and then further to the to the left on that corner. And you are just about at the corner. I'm going to cast Bane at third level. Oh, no, it's first level because I'm, I'm only targeting one creature. Okay. So that's a charisma save of 16. Hold on. Unnatural one. So it definitely fails. Amazing. And then I'm going to use an interjection. I'm going to use analyze. So the first attack roll made against the creature before the start of my next turn has advantage. Cool. You fling out your quill and uh, you fling like some dark ink out from it and it circle, like kind of encircles uh, this fog elemental. Kind of, it almost acts like like inky chains that kind of drag it down a little bit as you cast this Bane spell. And the the ink starts to shift colors uh, and it's sort of like signaling to your teammates uh, different movements and different ways it's going to try and go to give them that advantage moving away from it i'm trying to go closest to if there's a door leading to the workshop okay from what you can tell on the map it looks like the workshop is right down this alleyway and to the left um so you can't see the door but you can probably make it to that corner great but if you are moving you are gonna incur uh, an attack of opportunity i want to do that it will take that attack it is bane so it will have a minus d4 it rolled a natural 20 no (laughs) so that is going to be Okay, you're lucky because uh, it was 8d8 of damage and I rolled four ones. Uh, wow. So that's a total of it's a total of 34 cold damage. Oh, wait, I have resistance to cold damage. You do indeed. Uh, so it's, it's actually going to be 15 instead. Its arm shifts and lashes out and like hits you with this slam attack, slams you against the wall oh. and this cold, this burst of cold air rolls over you. But as it does, your blue tattoo shines as uh, it gives you that resistance to this cold damage as you make it to the end of the alleyway and you can see the doorway to the workshop at the other side. Awesome. That is going to bring it to uh, the Fog Elemental's turn. Uh-oh. And this thing has grown in size as well. It's probably about like eight feet tall right now <laughs> of just like this kind of shifting sort of humanoid fog shape. Uh, and it's going to step into Brian Cecil and Indigo's area. Uh, and you guys are kind of enveloped by this fog elemental. I need everyone to make me a constitution saving throw. That is a four for Cecil and a 13 for Gertrude. 27. Uh, Brian definitely passes Indigo and Cecil fail. Uh, Gertrude passes as well. So you guys all take... Oh boy. You guys take 37 cold damage. Unless you pass. If you pass, you take 18 cold damage as you are enveloped by this fog elemental and this uh, this kind of cold, stormy winds whip around you. Cecil and Indigo uh, are restrained as uh, like ice starts to build at your feet and keep you where you are. Uh, and then also all of the, the ground in this area has become ice uh, and is now difficult terrain. Real quick, I'm going to use a reaction and cast Absorb Elements at third level. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I will absorb 15 of those 30 points. Very good. So, yeah, you weather this uh, weather. Hey, good job. <laughs> that, 
Uh, that's going to bring us to Indigo's turn. He's stuck in place, but he kind of, he's like, you know what? I don't need to go anywhere. Uh, and he put, he like, you see him kind of like push up his feathers a little bit, but then he pulls off what looked like a walking stick. Uh, but he pulls out like a quarter staff for him and starts to just wail on this thing. Oh shit. Is he a monk? He is indeed a monk. What a dope ass bird. Uh, and it's going to take three attacks, two with his quarter staff and one unarmed. Go monks. He does hit three times. He just like hits it with both ends of the quarter staff and then follows it up with like a kick. Um, bah, 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 bah. And he does 24 damage Woo-hoo! to this fog elemental as he just unloads into it. Dang. And you see from just this one attack, the fog elemental is already kind of looking a little, a little soggy. <laughs> but that will bring us to Cecil's turn. Or sorry, no, Brian's turn. Um, I'm going to cast Mold Earth so the difficult terrain becomes normal terrain again. Ooh. Hey! Yeah, you like kind of slam your shield into the ground and the ice kind of churns and cracks as the earth underneath just sort of rolls back over and it becomes soil once again. And I'm going to um, follow Victoria towards that door she's trying to find. Cool. Uh, you do not invoke an attack of opportunity as uh, it is already used reaction, uh, but that will bring us to Cecil's turn. Gotcha. And I am restrained, correct? You are currently restrained. Uh, am I still in melee? Oh, yes. Okay, gotcha. So I'll still attack if I can. Bonus action, I'm going to tap my staff on the ground, and I'm going to go ahead and cast Shillelagh. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to go ahead and make an attack. Nice. So that is going to be a 22 to hit. That'll definitely hit. Gotcha. Oh, boy. That is 13 points of magical bludgeoning plus 15 points of cold damage. Whoa. Wow. Damn. Yeah, uh, Cecil, show your work. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm literally standing there in this rhyme, this freezing cold, and I barely take any of it from the absorb elements as, like, my hair gets frosted and turns into icicles, and my my clothes, the, the fringes become frozen over, the leaves on my staff get that little, like, ice ridge. And I'm taking this, and, and I'm, I'm moving in slow motion because of my restraint, but as soon as I connect, there's a burst of cold energy yeah. as all of the, the fog elementals' uh, moisture just immediately freezes on contact. Amazing. Yeah, this eight-foot-tall fog elemental that's been kind of slowly shrinking as you've been wearing it down. On contact, all of the particles just freeze and then shatter in like an instant, uh, and tiny little ice shards kind of tinkle down on uh, on you and tinkle. Indigo. Tinkle. Um, <laughs> tinkle. Yeah, tink, 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 tink. tinkle. Yeah, <laughs> it's pee. Um, <laughs> fucking Not children. Not where I was going with that at all. I just thought it was a funny sound. Uh, and yeah, you guys are uh, are are successfully out of combat. Woohoo! Well, that was a. Uh wasn't as difficult as I thought. I, I thought finding Victoria would actually be a lot harder. No, I'm not surprised. Actually, it was about as hard as I expected. Wow. Don't worry, Victoria. I, I, I think you'd be a you'd be quite strong in a fight. Thanks. That's what I'm saying. Is I thought I thought we were fighting Victoria, and it was a lot it was a lot easier than I thought. No, that's, that's that's about as hard as I thought it would be to fight Victoria. I would love just like a one v one v one at some point. Just like no hard feelings. Like we just all step into a ring and like just dish it out here's the thing though victoria it feels like when you say that there actually are hard feelings involved um, <laughs> is, is my perception well, i really don't know what i've stepped in the middle of yeah. yeah and you never will brian keeps walking yeah. towards the workshop Alrighty. well let's try to find a door and see if it's unlocked wait before you go one step further show me the number on your hand one 
Okay. No, it's a two. No, it's a two. That's right. It's a, it's two. a two. I was about to be like, oh, oh my god, you just killed Victoria. <laughs> Brian punches her in the face again. Oh my god. I'm gonna take out my marker and I'm gonna put a two on my on the back of my hand and I'm gonna hand the marker to Brian. I put uh <laughs> nice. one point five on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost to that door. Victoria, do you is the door over there? Um I think so. This is kind of the corner of the workshop again the fog is incredibly dense here but you can like just kind of see the outlines on, of a door at the end of this alleyway Great. okay so okay. i'm just gonna she's gonna like shuffle along the outside wall of it as you guys approach the workshop door everybody make me a perception check okay i don't like that 13 17 16 okay cecil you can't quite tell um but Victoria and Brian, as you guys near the door, you hear this very, very low rumbling on the other side. I open the door. No, 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 no. What? That could be one of anything. What could be? That sound. Yeah, I mean, but like, if it's a workshop, there's going to be machines inside. Machines or a big creature that's snoring. Well, either way, we have to walk in this door. Yeah, but let's do let's do it stealthily. We're we're already doing it stealthily. <laughs> the door could be trapped or locked. Brian opens the door. Go by all means. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you open the door. It is uh, not trapped or locked. Uh, it appears that whenever Scraps and everyone else vacated the workshop, they didn't really have, they vacated it pretty quickly. They didn't seem to have time to um, do much of anything, any kind of preparations. Uh, so yeah, you crack open the door and it is dense fog in here like i know i've been saying it's dense fog this entire time but here it looks almost pure white oh you can see like maybe three feet in front of you uh and as you open the door cecil you too now can hear this very low rumbling is it can is there any way to tell if the fog like goes up to the ceiling like does it fill the whole room uh you can't quite tell uh because you can't see so far in front of you but you would gather that that's probably the case yes cecil cecil have you ever have you ever heard of an of a reindeer? Yeah. Just bear with me for a second. Do you know how the story of Rudolph and his red nose became a thing for, for reindeers? On an animal level, do you know why that story started? Enlighten me. <laughs> reindeers can actually see ultraviolet light in a way that helps them see through fog, like, more naturally. And so it, it actually, it's a, it's a it's a Christmas myth based on something that those animals can actually do. I so, cast polymorph on Brian and I turn him into a reindeer because <laughs> he really wants somebody to be a reindeer. I just thought we could see through the fog, guys. Now you can. Cool, cool. Yeah, you um you whip out a blot of ink and it encases Brian and at, like Brian like mid sentence is just turned into a reindeer. <laughs> I can still hear, like, I, I can still understand yeah. every single thing you're saying. Yeah, yeah right. Okay, uh, cool. So now that I'm a reindeer, can I see through the fog? <laughs> special stats, special stats. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Is it like dark? It's like dark. So here's the thing. Reindeer don't have a stat like this no. in 5e. No, why would they? In this case, I'll allow you to have fog sight. I'm not going to, I don't want this to open up a can of okay. worms of like, 
oh, oh this animal has this specific You're thing, good. so I'm gonna turn. So I'm just just gonna lay that yep. out there right now. Roll cool in this one moment. Leave it to me to be like, I don't know what exists in five E, but I'm gonna ask a question real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but Danielle, yeah, you turn into this reindeer, and once once you realize this, you're like, wait, I can see more. I can. I have more of this fog sight, awesome. and you kind of clop. Stealthily, very stealthy clop. Yeah, stealthy, a stealthy clop a little bit further into <laughs> the workshop, and you start to see this shape in the fog. And as you get closer, again, you hear this. Cracking. And you see this shape that looks to be maybe 30 feet tall. Holy shit. This thing is enormous. And. As you approach, you see it kind of like stir a little bit, and you hear. Excuse me? And you see that this is an enormous cat made from fog that appears to be slowly leaking out of its body throughout the town. It's fleshy cat. And Indigo goes, Holy shit! <laughs> and starts to flitter and fly in the air. I cover his mouth cat- real quick, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the it's fuck up. It's a little bit too late, and you no. see this cat. No. It does a, it does a classic big stretch yeah. as it arches us back. <laughs> we all simultaneously say, ooh, big stretch, <laughs> even though we're trying to sell. <laughs> yes, it's, it's compulsory. You have to. Except for me, who goes, hmm, hmm. <laughs> And you see it kind of like look around and it looks down and it, it appears to notice you guys. Uh-oh. You see it tuck one paw under, tuck another paw under, and kind of curl down into a little bread loaf and just... Oh, it's so cute! And with that, class is dismissed. <laughs> <Yes>! Oh, boy. <laughs> Dragons is Andy Lindsay as Victoria Hightower, Danielle Grisco as Brian Tolkien, Brandon Lindsay as Cecil McNamara, and myself, Riley Wesson, as your DM. Thanks so much for listening to this session of D Hall and Dragons. If you like this episode, we would love to see a five-star review from you on whatever platform you're listening on, and we would love it even more if you could share the show with a friend. Our theme music is Sonic Pogo by Vans in Japan. Other music can be found in the episode description. And our artwork is, as always, done by the phenomenally talented Carlina Alvarez. A link to her stuff can be found in the description as well. Apologies for how long it's been since uh, a new session has been uploaded. Things have been pretty hectic in my own life recently, and um, all, all of our lives, to be honest. Just it's been hard to be able to get sessions scheduled, and I've been having a hard time finding time to edit. But very happy to have gotten one put out and uh, hope to be getting some more put out soon. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next session. I really love how this session has ended up just accidentally being just pissing off Andy the entire time. I mean, listen, there are two versions of D Hall that I enjoy playing. Number one, Break the rules that Riley didn't think about. Number two, piss off Andy as much as humanly possible. It's pretty much the only two ways to play. Really, that's it. <laughs> that's the only two modes of gaming. You know what?
this being the only uh, D&D campaign I've ever played, I'm having a great time. <laughs> I hate. That's a net positive. I love to hear it. <laughs>